I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, stable coins, they're on Congress's mind. Coin market cap, they have a screw up. And hacks, they're up for 2021. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, December 16th, 2021. So I just want to apologize for yesterday's show. It was really bad. It was a editor's error, which is my error. And I know how I did it. Actually, this is the third time we're recording this intro because I actually went through and I explained the whole thing to you. And then after three minutes of the explanation, I said, Nobody wants to listen to this. <laughs> so I just want to say, uh, I'm sorry about yesterday's show. I pulled it. So if you heard it, it was poorly edited. It was a mistake on my part. And today I'm going to have the same content as yesterday, plus today's content to make sure that everybody heard yesterday's content, plus today's content. Because yesterday I read Sherrod Brown's statement on stable coins, and I thought that it was very important to understand what he was saying as he's a sitting senator, and he's now looking at stable coins with Elizabeth Warren and other Democrats. So you'll get all of that today. But really quick, before we get into the crypto prices, I want everybody to send me emails and feedback on what they want the show to look like in 2022. Why? Because I want to change up the format. I want to make something that you want to listen to. Look, we have our headlines. We have our corner of the days. We have our prices. We have all kinds of different things. If there's anything else you want in the show or taken out of the show, email me, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. I want to hear from you so we can make this show together because I want to make sure that this show reflects the community, the Decrypt Daily listeners. That's you. And so please email me, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. Tell me what you want the show to be in 2022 i have some emails already i will read them next week on the show with your emails and then we will vote but now let's get into those crypto prices here comes the money here we go money talks and i'm recording this at 11:30 eastern standard time bitcoin is in at forty-eight thousand four hundred and thirty dollars up three percent in 24 ethereum four thousand ninety dollars up 10.5 percent in 24 binance coin $540, up 6.2%. Tether is in the number four spot, and Solana is at 184 up 15.9%. Let's just call it 16% in 24. Rounding off the top 10, we have Cardano, USDC, XRP, Polkadot, and Avalanche. Crossing the $100 mark, it's at $105, up 18% in 24, 20 in 7. Total market cap, we're at $2.26 trillion, a BTC dominance of 40.5, an F dominance of 21.5. And now it's time for a coin of the day. Our coin of the day is NULS, N-U-L-S. I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce it, but it's N-U-L-S. Ticker is N-U-L-S. And the price is $1.10, up 30% in 24 hours. Wow. Market cap is $110 million. Fully diluted market cap is $232 million. 47% is in circulation. The max supply of NULS is $210 million. Basically, 10x what Bitcoin is. The all-time high for this coin is $8.54. 
It's down 87% since then. That was set four years ago. And its all-time low was also four years ago at 9.4 cents. You can buy it on Binance, Huobi, Shitcoin Mecca, and KuCoin. So what does this coin do? So according to CoinMarketCap and their website, Knowles is a microservices-driven blockchain project that uses proof-of-credit consensus mechanism to mine via staking. Microservices allow you to evolve and scale up much more quickly and allows you to organize around business capabilities. You can organize around autonomous cross-functioning teams, just like a construction site with independent parallel work being performed. Well, that's Knowles number, and I actually, I don't think I said that earlier, did I? That's Knowles number 426 on CoinMarketCap, ticker NULS. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Moving into today's headlines. As you heard in the price section, Avalanche is up bigly. The token's price began soaring on Tuesday after payments company Circle announced the deployment of USDC stablecoin on the Avalanche network. Circle said that DeFi and other applications will now have access to native USDC liquidity, eliminating the need for costly token bridges and supported wrapped tokens. If you guys saw the other day, CoinMarketCap went crazy, showing that Bitcoin was $800 billion of Bitcoin. Ethereum was $43 billion of Bitcoin. This affected Trust Wallet. This affected Exodus. This affected Coinbase. And if you woke up, looked at your wallet, and thought you were rich, and really actually acted on it at $800 billion Bitcoin, I want you all to calm down. <laughs> and, and, and just take this PSA. If you ever wake up and see that there's $800 billion Bitcoin, something went wrong. So relax. However... I understand why a lot of people rushed over to Coinbase and tried to sell on that number because sometimes there's been flash crashes and flash gains that allow people to capitalize off it. Now, now most of the time, these companies would reverse it and you would have to give your coin, coins back or your crypto back in some way or some form. But sometimes, just sometimes, people buy a very cheap Bitcoin because of a flash crash and they win big. But what happened in this instance is everybody woke up to trillions and zillions and kazillions of dollars in their wallet, which obviously wasn't true. But it led Sergey Nazarov, the co-founder of Chainlink, tell us a solution to this problem. He said, in quote, the recent glitch is exactly why blockchain applicants and smart contracts need to be decentralized oracle networks like Chainlink. Relying on a single oracle or a single source of data is a recipe for disaster and undeniably puts the user's funds at risk. Because Chainlink uses decentralized network of Oracle nodes, each pulling and aggregating data from multiple data sources, the trusted answers about price data that Chainlink provides across all DeFi remain accurate and unaffected. As a result, Chainlinked smart contracts were able to continue their operations unaffected by this large deviation. Therefore, he's saying that Chainlink or other decentralized nodes pulling data from many different sources is the way to go. And CoinMarketCap apparently is just using one, and everybody using CoinMarketCap is affected when they are. 
crypto savings platform Lend. Spend L-E-D-N. I think that's how you pronounce it. L-E-D-N. I think it's like a sort of like a plan spelling like HODL, hold, HODL, Ledend. I don't know. Anyway, well, it's preparing for its world's first Bitcoin-backed mortgage offering after raising $70 million. Lend said it will use a fresh capital to support growth, specifically plans to build what it claims is the first Bitcoin-backed mortgage product. Adam Reeds, Lend co-founder and CEO, says, Most people that hold extensive wealth in Bitcoin still can't utilize their assets to qualify for a mortgage at a bank. Our clients want to diversify their portfolio in order to protect their wealth and then utilize that wealth for instances such as purchasing a home, but one should not come at the expense of others. And I love this product because I do know a lot of people that are hodling crypto or NFTs or whatever, and they have like maybe million or millions of dollars in wealth. But when they try to call the bank and say, hey, can I get a loan for a home? Then they're not going to give it to them. Because, well, they don't look at crypto as actual money or wealth or, you know, they they can't use it as collateral for a mortgage. Well, this is going to allow them to do so. I would love to see how the tokenomics behind the scene and how they're going to manage the risk of the ups and the downs. But finally, somebody's making a product to allow crypto hodlers to use their crypto to get loans to buy houses, cars, and so on and so forth. Now, I know what you're probably thinking is if you have that much crypto... Why don't you just pay cash? Well, because people can earn interest on that crypto. Why do you want to not hodl as much as you have now and just pay a monthly payment and still have all your wealth intact? Then get rid of half your stack to buy a house. So these are very, very important developments in the finance world. The United Kingdom's Advertising Standards Authority, or the ASA, has banned seven cryptocurrency-related promotions as a wider part of their focus on potentially harmful crypto ads, said the BBC. The ASA has targeted crypto promotions from Coinbase Europe, eToro, Papa John's, Luno Money, Exmo Exchange, Payword, and Coinburp. And I totally understand Coinburp get a better name. Please, if you want to be taken seriously, don't call yourself Coinburp. All seven ads were banned for irresponsibly taking advantage of consumers' inexperience and for failing to illustrate the risk of the investment, the ASA said. Papa John's promotion was to give away free Bitcoin. I don't know why that's a big deal. It's free. But the pizza chain also linked their Bitcoin promotion to Bitcoin Pizza Day, which marks the first time Bitcoin was ever used in a transaction to buy pizza in May of 2010. The ASA said that this kind of promotion trivialized what was a serious and potentially costly financial decision. And I'm going to have to say they're right there. If you guys don't remember, that pizza in 2010 costed 10,000 Bitcoin, which would be worth today. I don't even want to calculate. I don't want to calculate. 10,000 times $48,000, please. That person, I would be crying if that was me. But they did show proof of concept and they moved the Bitcoin space forward ever so slightly. Thank you, Laszlo, for doing that. I appreciate that. But I'd rather have the 10,000 Bitcoin. So the ASA might be right trivialize what was a serious and potentially costly financial decision. Basically, you weren't hodling. Therefore, you lost out on hundreds of millions of dollars. Crypto scams are up to $7.7 billion in 2021, according to blockchain data firm Chainalysis. Per Chainalysis's 2022 crypto crimes report, revenues from the crypto scams were in 2021 were up 81% from the previous year, with rug pulls accounting for 37% of all crypto scam revenue. All in all, rug pulls accounted for more than $2.8 billion worth of stolen crypto in 2021. Although crypto scam revenues in 2021 represented a substantial increase in 2020, they're still down from the highs in 2019 where they approached $10 billion. Yowzers. There is some good news here. There's evidence that there are less individuals getting their crypto stolen, yet when an individual gets their crypto stolen, more is stolen, more in value is stolen each time, which is 
good-ish, kinda, means less people are getting hacked, but you're getting away with more. So where are the destination of this stolen funds going? Well, in 2017, these stolen funds were going to unnamed services. And now they're going to exchanges, much more exchanges, and DeFi. Uh, not to say that they weren't going to exchange in 2017. It's just that it looks like they had about a 20% increase going to exchanges. And DeFi started clicking in as a place where these stolen funds are going to in 2020 and 2021. Okay, so this is an interesting story. Very interesting, in my opinion. Hermes, the company behind the famous Birkin line of handbags, you know, the luxury goods, Hermes, has spoken out against a collection of non-fungible tokens, Meta Birkins, calling them an infringement on Hermes's trademark. Hermes did not authorize nor consent to the commercialization or creation of our Birkin bag by Mason Rothschild in the metaverse. This is from an Hermes representative that told the Financial Times. These NFTs infringe upon the intellectual property and trademark rights of Hermes and are an example of fake Hermes products in the metaverse. What do you think? That's where I want your opinion. Is making a digital copy of something that something somebody makes in the physical world a trademark violation? On the surface, I think so, but I feel that there's more conversation and nuance to this. I haven't found it yet, but I feel that there is. Let me know what you think. Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co. So I know what you're wondering. How much does a Birkin bag go for? Well, it goes from anywhere from $9,000 to $500,000. Imagine walking around a $30,000 handbag. Anyway, that's just crazy for me. I mean, actually, what's probably a little more crazy is that we have people buying $35,000 to $40,000 NFT handbags, Meta Birkins. That's also crazy. Again, I want to know what you think about the trademark violation. Is it a trademark violation or not? But you know what the funny, real funny thing is about this? Is that Rothschild, the person who made the fake Birkins, the meta Birkins, that Hermes is saying is infringing on their trademarks, well, there's fake meta Birkins in OpenSea 2, where Rothschild is saying, that's a trademark infringement of my fake meta Birkins, which is a copy of the Birkins, which is... A trademark violation, maybe, I think. So it's like inception of trademark violations. <laughs> this is the digital space. This is what we have to talk about. Michael Jordan and his son Jeffrey have revealed Air, a Web3 fan engagement platform built on Solana. Air has raised $10 million in seed funding and will launch in 2022. Air is designed to link professional athletes with their biggest fans and supporters. Speaking of NBA, NBA star Kevin Durant has inked a fresh deal with crypto exchange Coinbase to appear as the face of the brand, said Bloomberg. In turn, Coinbase will run cryptocurrency ads and sponsored content on Boardroom, Kevin Durant's sports website, and donate to Durant's charitable foundation to support the youth. And finally, during a Senate banking committee hearing on the 14th of this month, the chairman and Senator Sherrod Brown, Democrat from Ohio, said that stablecoins were neither decentralized nor transparent, warning that if you put your money into stablecoins, there is no guarantee you're going to get it back. Well, his office released a set of remarks, and I want to read them for you right now. I think it's important that we all pay attention to what's coming out of Washington so we can understand the conversation moving forward and how regulation rolls out in the crypto space. He said this, A few years ago, most people had never heard of cryptocurrency. Most people still don't know what the terms mean, from stablecoins to non-fungible tokens. But they become a very hot topic in Washington, and on Wall Street, and online, among millions of Americans who understandably don't trust big banks and are looking for an opportunity to make money. Over the last several years, 
the number of cryptocurrencies has exploded, from the hundreds to the thousands. The supposed value of all these digital assets in circulations recently passed $3 trillion. That's about the size of J.P. Morgan Chase's balance sheet, the biggest bank in the country. With that much money tied up, that's pretty much the definition of a systemic issue in our economy. And those big numbers have come with big promises. We've been told that blockchain, the technology these coins are built on, will democratize money or build more inclusive economies. But none of those promises have materialized and likely never will. Instead, we've gotten wild financial speculation. As we've heard before in this committee, the wild price swings, the high transaction fees for many of these cryptocurrencies make them useless for payments, the one thing they claim to be designed for. Stablecoins were supposed to solve this problem. Unlike other cryptocurrencies, their value isn't just based on market enthusiasm. A stablecoin's value is supposed to be backed by real assets held by the companies that issue the stablecoins. In other words, stablecoins are a particular type of cryptocurrencies whose value is managed by a single company. Those companies include Tether, Circle, and Abracadabra, a fast-growing scheme that makes magic internet money. Their words, not mine. What could possibly go wrong with something that claims to be magic money? Cryptocurrencies advocates argue that crypto assets are superior to real dollars because they are decentralized and transparent. But stablecoins are neither. Most of them, and certainly the largest ones, rely on a single centralized company to manage the reserve assets and their supply of coins. That sounds like what a lot of traditional financial institutions do. It is not decentralized when one company controls when the people can access their own money. And it's certainly not transparent when critical information about stablecoins and the companies that issue them isn't available to people who have their money tied up in these assets. Last month, I wrote some of the biggest stablecoin issuers to get more information on how they manage the funds that back their coins and to ask what rights their users have. Their responses were not very enlightening and should lead us to assume that most ordinary customers do not have much in the way of rights at all. So let's be clear about one thing. If you put your money into stablecoins, there's no guarantee you're going to get it back. They call it a currency, implying it's the same as having dollars in the bank and you can withdraw the money at any time. But many of these companies hide their terms and conditions in fine print, allowing them to trap customers' money. And if there's no guarantee that you'll get the money back, that's not a currency with a fixed value. It's gambling. And with this much money tied up, it sure looks like to me a potential for an asset bubble. Stablecoins make it easier than ever to risk real dollars in cryptocurrencies that are at best volatile, at worst fraudulent. Just a few weeks ago, we saw how quickly these tokens can crash. With the crypto market diving almost 30% in one day, history tells us that we should be very concerned when any investment becomes untethered from reality. Look at the 1929 stock market crash. Security started out as a way for regular Americans to invest in new companies that wanted to bring new products to the market and expand their operations. But by the end of the decade, companies were invented out of thin air to create more stocks to satisfy wild demands. Banks allowed customers to borrow against one stock to buy another until the whole market collapsed. And of course, we should all remember the 2008 crash. Subprime mortgages were supposedly created to give more families access to the American dream, while derivatives were created to help financial companies reduce their risks. In reality, predatory mortgages were used to strip homeowners of the equity that they had in their homes in order to create complex mortgage-backed securities and derivatives that ended up increasing risk at the banks and financial companies. We all know how that turned out. We can't deny that betting on cryptocurrencies has made a few people rich, just like some people could become fabulously wealthy in tra trading stocks in the 1920s. And we all heard the stories about mortgage brokers and house flippers becoming millionaires in the 2000s. But for most people, this kind of wild speculations ends in disaster, and the only ones who tend to walk away unscathed are the big guys. It's always about the big guys, the ones who call it innovation while lining their own pockets. 
So far, what happens in the crypto markets has stayed in the crypto markets, but stablecoins create a very real link between the real economy and this new fantasy economy. We saw this with Dogecoins, a satirical cryptocurrency that all of a sudden was worth billions because a tech billionaire tweeted about it. It's understandable that a lot of people are looking for an alternative to our current financial system. Wall Street banks dominate, and they make record profits no matter what's happening to the workers and small businesses and the country at large. To a whole lot of people, that seems like a fantasy economy too. But big tech schemes that make it easy for hardworking Americans to put their money at risk isn't the answer. Stablecoins and crypto markets aren't actually an alternative to our banking system. They are a mirror of the same broken system with even less accountability and no rules at all. Today, we hear the same arguments from this industry against regulations that we've heard from the financial industry lobbyists so many times before. It harms innovation. The free market will solve all of our problems. America needs to be globally competitive. What makes America the strongest economy in the world isn't wild betting on the financial sector. It's our workers, their talent, their ingenuity, their dedication. That's what our economy is built on. You can't fake it, but as we've seen so many times before, you can put it all at risk. The rest of the world trusts the U.S. dollar when we have orderly, sane markets. The real threat to our global competitiveness is regulators who ignore clear warning signs. We have reason to be encouraged this time around, though. The Biden administration is putting strong watchdogs in place at the banking and market regulators. We're empowering workers. Wages are rising. Infrastructure investment is about to spur more job growth. And we're fighting to bring down costs with the Build Back Better plan. We can't put all that potential at risk. I will continue to work with the financial watchdogs to ensure that they have the tools they need to protect people's hard-earned money and our economic recovery from another bubble and another crash. That statement was from Senator Sherrod Brown's office, a Democrat from Ohio. Let me know what you think of it. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>